Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Greasters, welcome if you are new to the show and continued hellos if you've been here for some time. Um, if you are new, there are lots of past episodes you might have missed, so feel free to scroll back amongst our past guests, including Sarah Pascoe, Robert Webb, Gemma Whelan, Susan McComer, David Baddiel, and many, many more, all available on the Acast website. And if you like the show or even an episode, please do rate and review us on iTunes. I know everybody asks you to do that. Sorry, it genuinely helps other people find the show. It means I can keep making them, so that's why everybody they ask you to do that we also have a live episode recording coming up this saturday the 15th of september 2018 if you're listening in the present time code we'll be at king's place at the london podcast festival with some incredible guests andrew hunter murray from no such things a fish erin gibson from throwing shade and stand-up dame baptiste head to the king's place website for more information and tickets and if you are coming to see the live record, we will be doing a sanitary item collection for the amazing charity Bloody Good Period. Bloody Good Period collect and distribute sanitary items to refugees and women on low incomes in London and Leeds. They're an amazing charity and all you need to do is buy some sanitary items, bring them with you to the show. Uh, I know night pads are always welcome. For more information, head to bloodygoodperiod.com and we'll be collecting them after the recording. This week's guest is animator and illustrator Gary Andrews. Gary has illustrated for Private Eye, Disney, I mean, guys, he's even directed Fireman Sam. He's also the creator of A Doodle A Day, where he documents his life as a widower. 
Gary came in to talk to me about his wife, Joy, who died of sepsis in 2017. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with animator and illustrator Gary Andrews. Hello. Hello. You've got your posh tea. I have got my posh tea, my middle class green tea. With middle a peach. class green tea. I, would you consider yourself not middle class? Is that why? I, no, I think I'm, I'm horrendously middle class. Probably, oh, I, I see. Think. My parents weren't. My parents were um, both from very poor backgrounds and, right. then, and then sort of dad did okay, you know, yeah. and sort of they were self made and then they sent me to boarding school and things like that. So I think oh, like it like it or yeah, not, yeah. I'm I am middle class. Which <laughs> is why you knew to go for the, the peach tea. Um so you were just saying you as well as doing animation, illustration, you also do what was the name of the cartoon in private? Uh, the Sylvie Crin. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, it's the um, their pastiche romantic fiction stories in, oh, in Private Eye and they've been wow. going for over thirty years and I've yeah, I've been doing those. How did you one. first get that job? Uh, through an agent. I had, oh, a, I had right. an illustration agent at the time who sort of got me the gig. They were an agency that mostly did genuine romantic fiction for like woman's own and stuff. And wow. I happened to be working for them. And they said, oh, there's these ones come up for private eye. And um, they want a bit of humour involved in it. And can, yeah. you know, do you want to do it? I went, yeah, great. Yeah, a couple of weeks worth of work. You know. Oh, my God. 30 years still... later, <laughs> 30 plus years later, I'm still doing them. You know, they used to be every every issue. Now they're, they're more sporadic, but they're... Uh, like, how has Private Eye changed? Have you seen it massively change? Do you know, the big, you know it's, it's almost exactly the same as it yeah, was. was the biggest say. change that they've made is when I first started, everything was on paper and they literally used to stick it all on the sheets with cow gum and, and wow. go to the printer. And now, of course, it's all digital. digital. But apart from that, it's, it's the same. pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. It does have that like comforting feel about it, Private Eye, doesn't it? Like, it's I feel an institution. Like, yeah, like yeah. I feel like I pick one up and it's I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... A, that's what it was like it's, when, it's 10 years ago. It's literally unchanged. It's very really sweet. My um, my mum and dad both died like coming 30 years ago almost. And um, after dad died, I was going through his stuff and he'd, without me knowing, he'd been buying every issue of the magazine and he'd Aww. cut out my page and everything. He had this little clip full of all my pages, Aww, which was so, was so sweet. sweet. Yeah. I love stuff like that. When you're like, yeah. oh, you kept that. Yeah. And now I have a child, I keep the weirdest things. Oh, I've got big plastic boxes yeah. from a factory shop full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's shit. It's like, it? Do you want to keep this? No, I think I think I will. It's just... the act of putting something in the bin. That's what I, like, I'm, yeah. she made this Easter card and I was like, well, she didn't, her charminder did. And I was like, oh, we don't, we don't need, I mean, it's a picture of a bunny that she drew. Yeah. I, I just couldn't put it in the bin. I have to admit, once they start getting older, the yeah. recycling yeah. does actually happen a lot rather okay. more. Okay, yeah, yeah, because there's more stuff, isn't there? You've yeah. accumulated more I mean, stuff. mine are now what, uh, 10 and 8. So right. if I'd been keeping all that stuff, I would be like one of those weird hoarders in a house that you couldn't get into. So. And also, like, as we talk about in the show so much, for kids having to go through that, yeah. it's a really nightmare. Like, yeah. I remember my husband had, um, his mum had kept, like, every single school book, like, yeah. everything, even, like, a maths book. He was like, you know, his English book, he'd written all these stories, but he was like, this mum, what do I, what's this? <laughs> Wait, why have you kept book. that? It's just Yeah, she sums. loved, she was really bad at throwing things away. Um, so you mentioned your mum and dad there, but um, yeah. that's not, I think, who we specifically mentioned. No. So who are we remembering today? We are here to remember my wife, Joy. Joy. Uh, I love that name. It, well, and as we'll probably discover, she was the most appropriately named person Aww. ever in the world. Uh, she died last October, the 27th uh, of sepsis. So how many... Sorry, We're, my maths is at, so bad. At this point in time, at the point of recording, uh, that's about nine months. So she died nine months ago? Yeah. Wow. So you haven't even got through your first year, Gary? No, not yet. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you will. <laughs> but yeah, I was I will, just like, you were in the middle. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, me. Yeah. So yeah. she died of sepsis in yeah. October. So um, let's go back a bit. How did you meet Joy? 
Um, we met at a local amateur theatrical company. Um, in fact, I, I, I first saw her when she was 15. Doing a, a sketch in one of their sort of Christmas party shows, oh and I was sitting up in the audience, and this the the, the sort of curtains opened, and uh, this girl did this incredibly funny sketch, and I sort of turned next to the person I was sitting to, and said, "Wow, she's good. <laughs> she's really good. Who's that?" And they said, "That's Joy." Okay. She then she went off to university, and she was just you know one talented kid at the theatre. I yeah, thought, "Oh, she's yeah. she's good. She'll be good one day." And then she disappeared, went to uni, and all that sort of thing. I did some sort of life stuff. Um, and then uh, she came back from uni and I was directing Midsummer Night's Dream. Wow. Uh, she was a whisker under six foot tall. So um, I cast her as Helena, <laughs> of course. obviously. Yeah. Uh, the maple. painted maple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I cast her as that and she was hilarious, obviously, wow. in that. But during the course of that, we became like really, really good friends. I mean, we just clicked. So we just found we had just like everything in common, which was amazing. And we just used to hang out a lot, and um, that's all I thought it would ever be. Never in a million years thought someone like her would be interested in someone like me in any other way that, other than sort of watching movies together and being mates. And then one day we were sitting on our sofa, and we, we sort of turned to each other to say something, and we looked into each other's eyes, and we described it later as our Stargate moment. We looked into oh. each other's eyes, and it's literally like we fell into each other's soul. And it happened at the same time for both of us. It was one of these wow. weird things. And then we were kissing, and then suddenly we were we were a couple. And from that moment, uh, that was it. We, that was it. We knew we wanted to be together. So, and for 19 years we were. Wow. Which was amazing. So then you get married and you got have... Married, had kids. Two kids. Um, had our own little business together, little company sort of doing, you know, um, well, full-time animator sort of mainly, but we, we also did like corporate videos and stuff together yeah, and everything. Yeah. She was the editor and effects and all that sort of thing. Oh, wow. and, and ran all the, the admin side of... Uh, of the business, which we probably come on to later, because yeah. that's an interesting uh, yeah side of it all. Things to take into account in these circumstances, but um, so you're a real team. We totally, and we yeah. and things worked from home, so we were together pretty much twenty four seven. Wow. Um, so then, what happens in October of last year? Well, I was um, the day job at that point was I was directing Fireman Sam. And, That's a big uh, deal. Fireman <laughs> Sam's a big deal. I had been for like the last sort of, sort of I've been on the show for about eleven years or something, and. Um, we were, the animation was happening out in Vancouver. So I, we'd been away for a weekend in Glastonbury, had a lovely family weekend in Glastonbury um, at a fairy festival, of course, because what else would it be in Glastonbury? <laughs> and um, she'd driven me directly from there to Heathrow. And it's like, right, see ya, see you in a week. And uh, off I went. And then when I contacted her the next day, did the old FaceTime thing like you do. And she was like, oh, I've got this horrible flu. And I was like, oh, you always get ill when I go away. She yeah. Said, yeah, I know. It's uh, Oh, well, you know. Dose up, have your limb sip. Yeah. I'll speak to you tomorrow. I spoke to her the next day, and she she was saying, oh, I still feel really rough. She said, the Grandma's got the kids for the day, so I can have a rest. I've got the dog on my lap, and I'm watching rubbish on the telly for the day. I said, all right, you know, just really look after yourself. Yeah. yeah. So the next day, I, I sort of texted to say, you're out for a FaceTime. And I got a reply back saying, this is Lily, mummy's... Uh, or no, sorry, I got a text from her saying, can you talk to Lily? So I texted Lily and said, you know, is everything right? She said, Mummy doesn't feel very well. Auntie Marie's here. That was her sister, um, Joy's sister. Um, and they called the doctor. I went, oh, okay, fine, you know. And then I went out to lunch in, in Vancouver and I get a phone call saying, um, okay, they think she needs to go into the hospital. It might be some sort of an infection or something. Do you think there's any chance you can get an earlier flight back? Because this was the oh Thursday and I wasn't due back till the Monday. Yeah. So I said, right, I'll see what I can do. I started looking at the... Uh, opportunities for flights and stuff started getting the ball rolling on that and then I got another call saying 
have you got that flight? Because it looks pretty serious. Do you think you can get back? Jesus. And I was thinking, oh, God, you know, what's this going to be? Is, is she going to have an operation? Is she going to be out yeah. of action for a couple of weeks? What, you know. So I, I got the flight and, you know, it was a red eye, you know, sort of late night. I was at, sitting in Vancouver Airport at half past ten listening to Wittertainment, you know, just yeah. to try and keep myself awake. And um, got on the flight, couldn't sleep, playing all those scenarios in your head, you know, yeah. I wonder what the matter and then when I landed at Heathrow, I was like, I'll go and get me coach. And then I saw Joy's mum and her eldest brother to meet me. I was like, oh, that's odd. And nice, but odd. Yeah, why? And they took me back to the car and then sat in the car. And then before we left, they sort of said, right, this is what's happened. And basically, she'd gone into the hospital. They couldn't work out what was going on. Every specialist in the place sort of descended on a try and work it out. They said, we think we're going to have to go in and see what's going on in here. So she was put under <clears throat> put under anaesthetic and um, they opened her up. They found a, a twisted fallopian and a dead ovary and stuff like that. I thought that might have been part of the But then suddenly she just had multiple organ failure while she was while she was oh, under the God. thing and, and had died at sort of 3.15 in the morning. So I was I was just in the air at the time, I think. Um, so, yeah, we'd, we'd sort of lost her. So that was kind of... That must have been, I mean, obviously, what a stupid thing to say, but it must have been such a shock. Like, did your brain kind of go, I can't really process yeah, what Yeah, I mean, saying? when I was on that flight, you know, you process every scenario. And that was, yeah. you know, one of the scenarios I'd processed was, I want, you know, what if? What and then if? you go, well, you know. Don't be silly. Don't be you're, silly. Be, you're just scaring yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there is that enormity of, like, literally, if I'd been standing up, I wouldn't have been able to, you know yeah. I mean? The legs wouldn't work. It was it was one of those things. You hear the words, and, you, and for the first few minutes, you, you're going... Hang on, what? In fact, I remember that, that initially, for the you go, okay, right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah your body's so this. numb, isn't it? You go, yeah, sure, we've got okay. this. And then the tears start, and yeah, then the yeah. shaking starts. And okay, then you go, they've died, right, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, your brain's like, hang on, you haven't really hang on. heard yeah. what they just let's, told let's you. Just, let's just say those words again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, they had managed to keep it from the kids. Wow. Because... Um, um, with the time difference and stuff, this is now, by the time I got home, it was mid-afternoon. So they'd managed to, they'd had um, a, a rock climbing day booked with them right. and little cousins and oh, stuff. God. So they had managed to... So they were waiting for you to get back, yeah. you see. Oh, yeah. my God, that's so wise, I think, because you it was, want to not I think, have your I mean, there. because I I was so glad it was me that got to tell them, yeah. dad, and that's not, you know what I mean? But no, that of course, is the of course. You um, just want, you don't want them to... They knew mummy was in help. hospital, because yeah. they'd seen her taken away, and yeah. they knew she was in hospital. So I, I took them out to the garden because I wanted to be out in nature and I told them I didn't want to be sitting in the house. Yeah. I wanted to be sat in the garden. So I took them out in the garden and sat down and said, right. Um, and this is, this is the hardest thing I've oh, ever had to do in my God, life. Can you, you know, I mean, Ben was only seven at the time. Lily was just 10. And I said, okay, so you know, mummy got taken into hospital last night. Um, she was really, really poorly, you know, like, yeah. And I said, well, the doctors worked ever so hard to try and make her better and stuff, but... I'm afraid it got a lot worse and they couldn't help her and mummy's died. And I actually had to, I, from the date, from the first moment, I thought, I'm going to use the D word. Good, I'm yeah. not going to say, mummy's sleeping, mummy's gone to heaven, yeah. all that bullshit. I said, no, and, and mummy's died, you know. Uh, there was that moment of silence and then it was literally like the sound of wounded animals, you know, that, that primal, mm. primal sound. And we just sort of held each other tight. And had a nice little cry for a few minutes and stuff, and then and then and then they did that incredible kid thing. It was like they're crying, they're crying, they're crying, they're crying. I want to go back inside now. What's for tea? 
you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, yeah, we <laughs> do right. have to eat, I guess. Yeah. Um, and and that was the pattern that then set now for the for the next few months in a way, and and you know, obviously, the, yeah, for the first few nights they didn't want to be anywhere except in my bed, yeah. you know, with me, which was fine except for the fact that it was like sleeping with uh, a sort of an insane starfish and the duvet thief yeah. I mean it was like between the two of them I was either getting kicked in the nuts or freezing cold because she'd got all the duvet uh, and and I, I moved into my mum's bedroom after my dad died right. for about I think I was there for about eight months yeah. and both of us can't remember when I did it I was yeah. just there and then <laughs> one day we'd been clearing out the shed and there'd been a lot of mice in the shed and I'd got really freaked out. <laughs> and she'd been like, oh, don't be stupid. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, we'd gone to bed and I'd obviously had a lot of nightmares about the mice. Yeah. And I spent the night like, going, like, like trying to brush mice off me. And I woke <laughs> up in the morning and she was sat there with a cup of tea looking at me. She went, if you do one more night like that, <laughs> you're going back in your room. And she still calls it like night of the mice. She was like, you bloody moving and twitching. Oh. I couldn't sleep. And yeah. I think she tried several times to be like, Karen, like, you know, wake up. You obviously, and I just didn't wake up. No, no. So I, I yeah. Well, I had, I think I had about pain. a week solid of both of them in there. At the yeah. end of which, I was like, guys, this is, this yeah. is so hard. I, it's not a giant bed. It's only a normal double. It's no. not, it's not a king size. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're gonna have to start going back in your own own rooms, guys. Do you want us to do it in shifts? Take it in turns to start yeah. with. So they did. They took it in turns to Aww. sleep in with me. So it wasn't quite that. It was, it was either getting kicked or having the duvet <laughs> stolen rather than both. You should know what you're. Oh, okay, tonight is this. Yeah, tonight, tonight I wear a I wear a cricket box. You yeah, know, it was that sort of thing. Um, but <laughs> and then and then eventually it was like okay you okay time to go back to your own rooms, guys. And there's only we're only talking you know two or three weeks I think wow. before they were back in the room. But I said listen, it's the bed is here. Yeah. If you wake up and you need me just come in yeah. uh, um, you know and that you know <laughs> that goes on for as long as you want as long as you like just don't bring the boyfriend away you, know, <laughs> you get old enough or you know it's literally like you know I am all, the bed is always there if you need it um, and actually in, in, I think the last six months I've, I've managed to be flying solo which is kind of nice so yeah. they've they've settled into being okay handy, with it and I guess it. for your mental health as well to have sleep oh my god yeah yeah. and I have slept like a log yeah. ever since I've had no bad dreams about oh. it I've had no you know sleep has been Although not a lot of it, because I'm a I'm a bit of a lark and an owl. I'm one of these people yeah. that just doesn't sleep much anyway. Yeah. Um, even less since this, I think I've done that thing of going to bed really late. Mm. You're sitting there watching telly. Oh, just one more program. One more program. One more glass of whiskey. Me might, like know. after my dad died, I remember one time it was like one in the morning, and all the lights were on, and me and my mum were like chatting. We had some music on. I was like, "What this?" And I had this memory of like, "It didn't used to be like this, no. but you, it's like the rules are off." The whole, everything, all Everything's the rules have changed, off, haven't they? It? I mean, yeah. that's the thing, and that's the same with with daily life. All the rules changed yeah. for instantly. Your life became a different life. Yeah, you know? I mean, I said that. I remember saying that to the kids. It was like, okay, this was like probably the next day. Yeah, I think I said to them, um, it was mummy and daddy and you two, and we were mummy and daddy, and you were the children, and that's how it was. You know, I said, mummy's gone. It's just me. We need to be a team now. We can't yeah. be me against you we've got yeah. to work together we've got to be team andrews we've got to do this together um i'm i'm gonna try and do everything that mummy did as well as what i did i'm gonna get stuff wrong yeah. tell me when i get things wrong tell me when i get things right just just keep me posted you know we've got to do this together and how they, has and it been they... as a dad because my experience is obviously losing my dad yeah so and i had a friend who the mum died and I, my mum used to say oh god yeah it must be so hot because you know they're definitely from that generation where these mums were doing mm. everything which is not always the case now but as a dad losing hmm. that 
um, female energy yeah. or the mother figure, whatever you want to. How has that been? It's it's been um, oh, I hate the word. It's been interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have been able to step back from myself and look at it, and you know, sort of outside of me sometimes yeah it's been I've been very lucky in that um, my job has meant I've mostly worked from home yeah that's um, handy which means I've been around a lot so I've seen how it works I mean although we were very 21st century and I feel I'm a very you know modern thinking bloke we did have the sort of relationship although we worked together very early on the decision was look my job is 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 by far the bigger income yeah. when we had kids we made the decision that she was going to stop work basically and look after the kids mm. Be- and and same with cooking and everything but it's just because she was better at it mm. i mean to be honest if i'd been doing the cooking we'd have all you know uh, well same that's why my husband does it i'm she, so yeah, bad well, there at you it. go but she I'm was so she was brilliant it. you know and, and it's like so it was it was almost like a weird old-fashioned relationship in that she did all the mum stuff and I was like the dad except I was there so I could stop for lunch and I could be there and I could do the school run if she was busy at something and all that sort of thing so I'd been around but nevertheless I hadn't cooked a meal for 20 years nearly you know and things like that so it was it was a very fast learning curve (laughs) um, because you had to suddenly yeah take on board all that stuff and I mean I've always been a bit you know I'm an arty bloke anyways so I was quite happy to you know do her hair for her. I mean she's yeah. brilliant at hair anyway she does her own and my son's got long hair so she does his hair in the morning <laughs> before school you know things like that but um, I was happy to do that occasionally a little party she wanted to wear a bit of makeup and stuff like this I'd help her put the little little bits of makeup on now yeah. she's really good at that she's only 10 but she's really good at makeup um, only a little she doesn't look like a slapper I mean she's just <laughs> it's natural you know but I do draw the line um, but but things like that and then like the other day she, she um, said to me she came downstairs and she said I've got this tummy ache I went oh darling have you what's the matter do you feel sick she went no not really I said where is it she said across here and I was like how oh. long has that been she went about four or five days but it's not hurting I'm like right okay so in the morning I said right Lily I've got this little, little purse for you now and in there You've got a spare pair of pants and you've got one of these pads. I kept all Joy's, like, you know, pads oh, and yeah, things just in amazing. case, you know, visitors got caught short or whatever. Yeah. So I said, so you've got this in your school bag in case. And we, she knew all about periods and stuff anyway. So I said, just in case. I, she hasn't yet, but it was, I think it might have been an early warning or yeah. something. So and I, it was good. I was, amazing, I was comfortable though. enough to do that yeah. because, you know, we've always been very open. But suddenly being confronted with having to do that was an interesting yeah because I suppose yeah. if Joy was around you you perhaps wouldn't have that conversation you might she, be supportive you know, but yeah, the, yeah it, it, Joy wouldn't, it wouldn't have been go talk to your mother I don't want yeah, to no, but, no. but it, would have, it would have been oh let's all sit down and talk yeah, about yeah. it and um but yeah, suddenly having to go, right, okay, now I know those are in that drawer and uh, yeah. you've got a little spare purse darling right okay here we go and but it's nice that and, and she can talk to me about that yeah, stuff as amazing. well is, and I just hope that continues. I hope that as she gets a teenager she doesn't get any more embarrassed by me than she already is. I mean, I do it deliberately sometimes, dancing in public, you know, yeah, dad yeah, dancing yeah. at the playground. <laughs> dad, what? What are you laughing at? Um, and that's a dad's job, I think, to embarrass your uh, children. Yeah, as my dad, time, my dad did obviously. try and yeah. get that through to me. But, yeah, yeah, it's a very, very important part of the book. I confused why he was so insistent on doing it. Wow, so that's but, incredible that you've been, yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess it's so interesting, isn't it? Because, again, interesting, but like, yeah. it is so reflective of what the relationship is before the death. Yes. So I think that's when what a death does, it kind of like sort of refracts and bounces everything back. So if it is an open family beforehand, like it, that does help yeah. for when that person is dead to be like, yes. okay, I'm not having to like, I have no idea what any, you know, what yeah. happens at the home or yeah. anything, like what uh, your job is. Exactly. Or... And I mean, and all the things that really matter, I think it, it, it really was like that. And we've, we've, um, 
you know, day to day been able to struggle through. I think the things that were the biggest mystery to me were things like, what the hell does this do when you open a drawer in the kitchen? And, yeah. and, and there's this, you know, cupboards full of these strange implements. You go, I have no idea what this <laughs> is for. That's either going to go in the recycling or up into a very high cupboard. And do you have that? I mean, I used to have this with my dad all the time, the frustration of just like, I just want to ask them. Like, you know, because you, you almost yeah. go to say, what? Oh. Uh, the amount of times oh, I've, I've yeah. and the other thing I find with it, and this is, I think this is, this is universal, is like, you'd be sitting there. And something happens again. Oh, I must tell Joy about that when she gets in. And you yeah. go, Yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? You know, yeah. she's, or, or I can't wait to show Joy this when I get home. Or, or, or just watching a fo- program that you used to watch together, and, yeah. and you used to just turn to them and go, huh, and they're not there to do that too. That's been the the sort of almost the hardest. Yeah. And in fact, the hardest thing I've I've found is when you're having a really good day, mm-hmm. and you're having a laugh, and you're having fun, yeah. and then you go fuck, I'm having fun. Mm. And then you feel really guilty and then you're crying on the sofa on your own at one in the morning going, damn, I had fun. And, and, and I know it's fine and I know they'd be fine with me doing it, but it doesn't stop the fact that I wanted to be having fun with her yeah. and she's not there to be having the fun. And those are the things, they're almost harder than the the tough moments when you're having a really rough day. Yeah. You cope with that on your own. You go, right, I can do this. Yeah, It's, it's the good stuff that almost makes you feel feel worse it almost burns doesn't it that's what i used to feel like because the bad stuff is like it and again it's expected you're expecting it society's expecting your friends are expecting it so when you're sad i was like "Mm, yes you're sad well done you're doing sad but when you're like oh you're laughing or having fun or something or something very normal and then you're like oh i didn't prepare myself for this really soon i mean within two you know within days I, i had this brilliant experience um we'd had um, so on, on the day she died, I had a couple of friends come around that evening and the family were around and all that sort of thing, which was to be expected. My friends at the theatre, the, the the guy runs the chairman of the theatre, phoned me up and said, do you want to throw the theatre open tomorrow night at the bar so people can get together and have a couple of drinks? And I went, yeah, that would be great. Um, thinking, you know, about th- 20 or 30 of us would get together and just have a drink and go, what the fuck? And about 200 people passed oh. through in the course of the evening. It was extraordinary. There's this huge wave of love. And I remember a few of them saying to me, we thought it was really weird at first that you were going to do that. And then when we came along, we were like, oh, no, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And we were laughing there as well and crying. But it was the um, the Monday night. So she died on the Friday morning. So it's the Monday night. So, it was, you know, um, a couple of my friends came around who were really, were really good friends of ours, but he'd been shift working. So he hadn't had a chance to come and see us. And they walked through the door and he gave me a hug. And, you know, you know that thing when people give you a hug after they go, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. There are no words, (laughs) which again we'll come on to. Uh, He gave me a hug and just started laughing. He just started. He he just laughed and laughed. He went, "I'm sorry, so I don't know what else to do." He said, "It's ridiculous, isn't it?" And I started laughing too. And I was like, (laughs) "Yeah, it is." And we were in hysterics in my hall, just laughing at just how stupid this was, you know. And then about an hour later, I was in floods of tears on their shoulders. But it was kind of the laughter was brilliant. Yeah, and I think people don't realise like what you're dealing with is just emotion. And it sometimes yeah. comes out in tears and sometimes laugh and sometimes a big old shout because yeah. oh, your, that too. your yeah. body is just like filled with this thing of like, what the fuck? I feel this massive thing that I, it, it isn't, it isn't sadness, happiness, anger. It's none of these things. It's no. just this it's emotion. It's just raw emotion yeah. coming out in every single possible so, yeah, way. I remember, I remember so the much. one of the kids being asleep upstairs and me just wanting to scream. So like literally burying yeah. my face in the sofa in all the cushions oh, and God. screaming at the top of my lungs into the cushions so I wouldn't wake them up. Oh, that's the worst, And, and, and punching to, the sofa yeah. for five minutes, just going, yeah. this is fucking ridiculous. You know, and just literally just punching the sofa until my hands were sore. But you have to get it out. I yeah. mean, that's the best thing you well, can do. Well, then you felt better. Then I sat down and watched something funny, you <laughs> yeah, know, and, yeah. and, and feel good about yourself. And I think the danger is, is feeling, if you feel guilty about that feeling and you try and think, oh, I mustn't do that, 
it, that's so damaging. The more you can go, yeah. my mum used to get a big stick and go and take the dog for a walk, Brilliant. and then just, and then just beat hit, the stick hit, up on hit like trees, and a tree, yeah. a bit of stump. Fantastic. And she said, Fantastic. you know, just used to make her. She was like, I just had to do it, and I was like, yeah, because I, I the amount of cushions I still punch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bit well, of paper, whip up a bit of paper yeah, really anything. fast. Whoa. That was quite good. I um I, I watched Ben. It was it was it was about two or three nights later, I think. You know, he'd been quite after the initial reaction. He'd been quite. He's a very funny little boy, very funny little boy, very quirky. And he'd been really kind of just him for about, you know, two or three days, I suppose. And I was thinking, this isn't, this is, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's in denial. And then suddenly one evening on the sofa, he, he just went and he did the thrashing, punching, oh. screaming thing on the sofa. And it was like, yes, yeah, I get it there out. he goes. There he goes. And it was almost like seeing him do that. I think it allowed me to do it yeah, a bit like, you know, yeah. but... It was so again. It was that that, that word again. Primal. It mm. was just. It was brilliant to see because it was like yes, there's a big valve being let off on that on that pressure yeah. cooker of emotions. And, and I think, and they do since they've got little yeah. bits. They've been incredibly um, sort of dignified and controlled and whatever about the whole thing. Not in denial because we talk about it all the time. Mm. They're very comfortable about talking to her in the past tense about talking about wow. her in the past tense. Um, but accepting, but then occasionally we'll just say, uh, you know, oh, I wish mummy was still here. You know, Ben said to me the other day, I wish she was still here. Can't we pretend she's in the hospital still? <laughs> you know, and you go, oh my God. How um, do you deal with that? Well, I said, well, we could, darling, but we know it's not true, don't we? And oh, he's like, yeah, good. I know. Yeah. Nah, anyway, and off he goes being a fish or something yeah, for a bit. Yeah. You know? And and you go, well, you've said it. You needed to say it. Yeah. We know you feel it. And I didn't say, don't say it, I no. let you say it, and Absolutely. I didn't laugh, and I went, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're creating that atmosphere where like, if you want to talk, yeah. you can, you can, you can. Um, my daughter, she's, I say she's 10 going on about 27, she's <laughs> very mature, and she's a real yeah. nurturing, caring, you know, child with little kids and all that sort of thing, so she's very grown up in a lot of ways, so she's been very controlled, but every now and then, she's always been a thinker, mm. so even before Joy died, she'd come down suddenly and going, I'm just worried about you know, what happens after or why do people have to die and all this sort of thing. And we'd say, well, it happens. It's the one inevitability in life, darling. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, we're not going anywhere for ages. It's no one's planning or anything like that. It's and then, of course, mummy goes and dies and you go, yeah. thanks, universe, for that one. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Um, and so after that, when she's had, the, and she's had, you know, two or three of those since. And I go, well, it still holds true what we said. It mm. just so happens we were one of the unlucky ones. Yeah. Mummy was the unlucky one. We've had a horrible thing happen to us. What I said still stands. No one's planning it. It's unlikely. Blah blah blah. Mm. Um, and she said to me the other day, "I sometimes think, what's the point of it? What's the point of life if people are just going to die anyway?" And you think, "Well, I mean, okay. she's right. That is a big question yeah. to and ask to that her, a well, lot of us." And do I said think. to her, "Well, think about since Mummy died, about how many people have said how lovely she was, and how many lives she touched, and how many people go, wow, you know, our lives are better for having known Mummy, and the amount of people who after she died.'" changed the way they were living because it was like a wake-up call and they went why am i doing this i'm going to do that and it literally touched people's lives in that big way and i said think about how that's happened mm. i said that's the point you live your life trying to be that person trying to touch, touch other people and make their lives better if you can do that that's the point of life and she was like yeah what are you watching <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this, darling. Can I watch it? No, because there's shouty, sweary, grown-up <laughs> things in it. Can you go to bed now? Okay, no, no. And off she goes. And, you know, it, she just needs little things put in place in yeah. her head, you know. So I've never talked down. I don't believe yeah. in talking down to them. You just go, this is it, straight. What happens after you die, Daddy? Well, nobody knows, darling. Yeah. 
Christians believe this, Muslims believe this, atheists believe this. And we go through the whole thing about what different people believe. And um, what do you believe? I believe this, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, okay, all right. And so you believe what one of those you want to believe? And she goes, yeah, okay. And then she had a little thing, I like the one that you like. Well, good, that's, that's handy. Because <laughs> like that makes life easier. Yeah. And, and, you know. You sound like off. a really good dad, Gary. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I'm sorry, look, I'm a yeah. pretty good judge because, like, I've been pretty obsessed with dad since I was 15. You sound like a pretty good dad to me. Oh, I that hope so. Really I mean, good. I've, I've, bruh, I, I just following my instincts, hoping for the best. You know, it must um, be so hot. I mean, I know everyone. I still says shout that to them. You. Yeah, of <laughs> they course. still drive me yeah, nuts. But that's a good dad. You know, like, oh my god. I mean, don't. My mum will listen, but don't listen to this bit. Occasionally, I need go a make shout- a cup of tea. Yeah. Go make a cup of tea, mum. Occasionally, I needed shouting at, and uh, yeah. you know, occasionally I didn't. My dad was a big shouter, but I um. I don't think there's anything wrong with that side of it, you know, of like being, I, I find that really frustrating when people like, I mean, obviously don't shout at them for no reason, but like yeah. my dad was a big shouter and um, it did equip me quite well for real life yeah. because when people shout, I'm like, yeah. sure, bring it wherever you got. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, I understand people sometimes shout and it's not a big deal. Whereas I have friends who are like, oh, they shouted. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen my dad shout. Yeah. I've got a pretty big shout when I need to. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I don't try to use it too often, but occasionally yeah. if they're just not listening, I let rip. And sure. and, and it, it does literally make them stop in their tracks and they yeah. go, okay, means it now. Because they it, do push. I think they yeah, push. Yeah. And obviously, and as it is just pushed, me yeah. now, you know, they outnumber me now. So there yeah. can be times <laughs> when they're like going, let's just push a bit more. Guys, can you stop now, please? Guys, yeah. guys, seriously, stop. I'm asking you nicely. This is the last time I'm asking nicely, guys. Can you stop? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Bang. Yeah. Oh, okay, you meant it. You know, and... And you it's hard to, as well because you're grieving, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. part of grief is anger. And and sometimes, and I, God, this is, you know, they're doing a thing and I'm going, guys, don't take the piss just because mummy's died, you know, yeah. don't think you can <laughs> use that against me. And yeah. I've said those words to them, you know, yeah. don't, you know, let's not, let's not, you know, do that. And sometimes you go, God, did I just, did I just say that to you? I think them? that's fair enough. But actually, I think it kind of shocks them into going, yeah, yeah. yeah we got a point. You yeah, know, like it's just um, me here. Remember that. Yeah, and I've literally said this is just me now, guys. I can't do this. Yeah. I cannot. I've got no one to turn to, guys. Oh, you have to yes. just stop now. Yeah, you've got to give me a break. And, and you, know, you do get close to that breaking point sometimes when they're just being yeah. total assholes. You know? yeah. And, and, yeah. and kids do. Trust me, you've got that delight I to know. come. Well, already, you're, I mean, I'm already there. You're still in the honeymoon period. I don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> I think we might be out of it, but... Uh... She hit me on the head yesterday with the absolute look of joy in her face, like yeah. got a little um, pink spade, which I said, don't hit mummy. And with absolute joy, whacked me on the head yeah. and laughed and looked at me like, <laughs> and I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, here we are. Welcome, welcome Lovely. to motherhood. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, you know, when you, when you lose a parent at a young age, I mean, obviously their young guy was 15, you know, and everyone says like, oh, you lose your childhood, you grow up fast. But it's like, you you do in a way you do have grown up fast because death has become very very close to you yeah and so i can understand there's no point bullshitting these kids like mm. there's no point they mm. they fucking know people die exactly and this in fact this was part of the conversation i had with lily the other night i was saying to her it's different for your friends yeah. i said they only know death from films Coco, playground yeah, games you know. they hear about other people's grannies yeah. or whatever or a pet I said, for you, it's hap- it's 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 happened really close to home, yeah. darling. So you have a perspective on this that all your other friends don't have. So I can understand why you're thinking about it, blah blah. So again, yeah, and having this conversation, thinking you're ten, and we're having this conversation like you're, know. you know. 
But, but it's like that's, but you that's have how to. it is. And so you need to... Have they had counselling or anything? No, it was offered to me. The yeah. school were amazing. Mm. The school were absolutely... Amazing. That was the other thing. The, the school... They, she died on the last Friday of half term. Wow. And, um, you know, the school were in touch and said, take what you need, take the time you need, blah, 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 like that. And the kids on Sunday night going, are we going to school tomorrow for the Monday? I'm going... Uh, guys, <laughs> really? You know, but you um, want normality. And again, can we go to school? I said, tell you what, you're going to go to school on Tuesday. Yeah. Because I wanted to give the school a chance to tell their friends oh, without them being there. Yeah, that, yeah. So they had one day without them there, so their friends could be told, look, Lily and Ben's mummy's died. Blah blah blah. And then they went in on the Tuesday, and they they were great. And the, and the school said to me, you know, there's counselling if you want it. There's counselling for me if I want yeah. it. For them if they want it. I said, let's see how we go. Yeah. And. So far, we haven't because we talk. Yeah. And I think because we've talked openly with each other, I know there's a big school of thought. In fact, I heard on one of your other podcasts <laughs> yeah. a while back that lady talking about, you know, kids kids cover it and they say they're brilliant and they're not and they mm. need the help. And I was listening to that one thinking, Jesus, Jesus, is she right? Am I wrong? Am I doing the wrong thing? But of course, everyone's different, I think, and yeah. everyone's got their own thing. And I think I know them. And I'm looking t- at them, and I'm keeping yeah. I'm keeping an eye on it. And if it looks like there's anything, I I will yeah. ring the alarm bells. But I think it's time as well. Like they're really, you guys are really, you know, this is fresh. Yeah. This is still fresh. Yeah. Like it, the first year is a real, yeah. you know, like I always say this: the first year of a baby, right? You look back and you're like, mm. oh god, I can't remember what happened. That was mad. Yep. Exact first exactly year of a death. The you're same. like. Yeah, we're and hitting so, all those all those anniversaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the anniversary is a huge thing. You've got you've a got, birthday next Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah all of yeah. that stuff is. You've got to do the birthday, the Christmas, that everyone kids' birthdays, yeah. your birthday. You got to tick those things. You've done them, and once you've done them all once, you're like, okay. Yeah. Right. It's not. <laughs> we gonna, got through. We got go through. It will still be hard, but we we have that memory if we did it yeah. once. And I think also, um, I mean, I I didn't have counselling, but I was fifteen. It was a bit is awkward and like I said everyone's different the thing I found interesting having spoken to people like um, Shelley Gilbert from Grief Encounter and Julia Samuels from Child Bereavement there wasn't anything when I was around there wasn't no. but when they're telling me about like these weekends that they take kids off mm. and being I think what I would have appreciated being around other kids because yeah. I had the exact same thing my friends didn't quite get it mm-hmm. and they say like they take them away for a weekend and it's it's kids that have lost mums, dads, brothers and sisters and, you know, they're all in together and they, they make a film or they go kayaking. But you're with someone and you go, oh, OK, I'm not weird. Mm. OK. And that's the big thing I think is just very powerful. Yeah. As you must have had linking with other people of like, oh, OK, other people have lost their wife. Like, yeah. OK, they know her. And I think that's a massive thing as kids. You just, because if you're the only one in the school, I mean, I was quite lucky at my secondary school, there was um, a couple of girls had lost dads and one girl, Hannah, was a good friend. And so she lost her dad when she was eight and she literally was like, hey. <laughs> welcome. welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah the famous and so club. Yeah. I felt very like I did have, I didn't feel completely strange. But then definitely yeah. when I got to uni, and I'd be talking to people with all these parents. And I was like, God, am I the only one this happened to? This is kind of what I'm waiting for. I, I think, and I've always thought, as they get older, yeah. they're, they're going to start feeling... In fact, again, I said that to Lily the other night. I said, as you get older, you're going to feel this probably more, you know. You feel... But that's um, the thing, you have to grieve for them at each stage. So, like, yeah. you're, she, you know, currently she's grieving as a 10-year-old. Yeah. And when she's 15, she's a different person. So she's going to have to grieve again as if... That's yeah. what I've realised. I've yeah. had to spend my life going, ah, oh, 
Now I mm. grieve as a mother. Now I grieve so as I'm this. I'm waiting for those moments when yeah. I can say, okay, I can see there's something going on here. Right, okay, do you want do you want to talk to somebody other yeah. than me? You know, so I'm, I'm kind of leaving that door very much open. Yeah, as sure, yet, we yeah. haven't felt the need. I think it's really early. And I, I think they it's often, probably early. And my, they, they, my friend is a grief know. counselor and she said to me as well, like they advise waiting, something like she said, they advise waiting six months before you talk to anyone because you're just in shock. So she was like, yeah. you actually really can't process anything. Mm. And once you come through a bit of the shock, then you might be able to start saying, oh, okay, what, what happened yeah. to me? I said to myself, and, and I said, Let, let's give it a year. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how we're doing. And if at that point we still feel we need something, then we'll we'll talk to somebody, yeah. you know. Um, and I own, I mean, obviously this is only yeah. my experience. Like, the only thing I would, <laughs> I'm only saying this to you, this isn't even a podcast, this is me saying, this is someone else's parent. <laughs> I swore blind I didn't. I yeah. was like, no, don't need it. And I was wishing someone would make me. Yeah. And I can't explain to you why. I've had a couple of friends say that. And, yeah. and they're, they're probably right. I but, really, but that's but, that was a bit older. Like, I yeah. definitely was a bit older. But my mum tried to take me. And I was, I honestly, I was like, no, don't need it. I'm absolutely fine. And yeah. I was thinking, I hope she makes me go in that room. And she went, are you sure? And I went, yeah. She went, mm. okay. And I thought, why isn't she making me go in the room? <laughs> I just couldn't, I don't know what it was. I couldn't bring myself. It felt... It felt too vulnerable, I think, to say I need help. So mm. I wanted to act like, oh, well, if, I mean, if you're going to make me, I mean, I don't want to. So who knows? But yeah. like, you know, it, you, so, we'll yeah. You, I you mean, at the see. moment, you know, if you start seeing behavioural changes and signs and stuff like that, you know, I guess that's the thing. But I mean, I don't know. They're very kid, kids are very good at hiding stuff, I, as, as they I say. Did, so. I gave no behavioural change. Like, no, yeah, exactly. my brother did. So you just never yeah. know. But also, it's, I, I guess what I'm, I feel like I'm hammering a point, but I guess what I'm saying is like, it doesn't have to be because they need it. It could just be like, that's what I have found later on in life. It wasn't because I needed it. It was just because like, oh, it's quite nice just to talk yeah. about it. Like, Give them a chance, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, as I say, I think... Because it happened when it did at the time of year it did. I think let's get. I was going to oh, get yeah, that first don't, year. Don't no, I was going to get that first year <laughs> over. Like you, no, you into no, it, no, so not sorry. at all. No, no, don't, don't. No, no get your it, first it's year actually out of the way. it's it's confirming in a way what I've always thought in my head. Let's go through all those anniversaries. Yeah, let's definitely. see where we feel. The offer is open. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then say you know what? It's been a year. Why don't we talk to somebody about how it's been? Yeah, that's a lovely you know? idea. And yeah. let's do that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So you you do these things called, well, tell us, what are they? They're Doodle well, Day. Well, I call it Doodle Day. Uh, I started it blah, on my 55th birthday. Right. Um, so is this before Joy died? Yes, this was about a year and a half before she died. Okay, cool. Um, I started doing them just because with with my work, I mean, I, I still draw every day, but in the, for the last you know 10 years, it's all been digital drawing. I, right. I draw on a tablet with a pen on, on basic electric paper. You know, so you're still making marks, but it's it's all screen and it's mm. a smooth pen. And I was missing that scratch of yeah. pen on paper. And so I set myself a task of every night before bed, I do a little drawing about something that happened that day. I go straight in with a pen, no pre-drawing, straight on the piece of paper, just sketch it in, try not to take any more than about 15 minutes mm. and just make a little comment and treat it like a little diary, but also a nice little memory thing. And so I was doing that um, daily, every day. And, and were you tweeting them then? I was, it was mostly just Facebook at that point. Right. And it was really just for me and for the friends. Yeah. And um, and I did a couple. And I did one uh, during that first year, the day Peter Salis died. I did a picture of, of Gromit oh, yeah. standing by the thing saying, no more cheese, Gromit, it said. And it had, you know, Wallace and a little thing. And that went meant, that went like 71,000 shares or something. It went right, absolutely yeah. viral. It was like, whoa. And suddenly I started getting all these requests on Facebook. So I switched all my priorities and made everything private except yeah. that one album that I made public so people could follow and all that sort yeah. of thing I was like that was my first introduction to what social media could do yeah, I was like yeah. Jesus um, anyway so uh, but apart from that the drawings were mostly just for my mates and for me and blah 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 blah, blah. and then the night I was flying back because I was on the plane I didn't do a drawing that mm. night that's the only night I haven't done a drawing wow. was the night I was on that plane flying back overnight um, but the day she died um, it was time to go to bed and I suddenly thought, doodle, doodle, I haven't done my doodle. And then I thought, can I, I can't do doodle, I can, I, I must, but I can't. Because she used to look at it, I'd sit there on the sofa, draw it, then I'd show it to her, we'd have a laugh, yeah. and then we'd go to bed or something. I thought, I, I can't think, so I just drew a broken heart. And, and, um, because it was, it took me two minutes and I, I couldn't think of anything else, yeah. I was too numb, you know. Um, and then the next day, you know, night time came and I thought, I have to do, it, it I need to draw something. So that was the day, I think that was the day I drew a back view of me and the two kids sitting there with a star above us and just saying, now we're three or something like that. And and, and I suddenly realised that doing these things was was like opening those little pressure cooker valves on me. Yeah. And it was just getting that little bit out um, and making me process my day. In the same way I'd always process my day, what happened today that was funny. Yeah, or yeah. what happened in the world that annoyed me or whatever. And, and I did, But this became... What happened? To, how do I feel today? What has happened that's defining my new life today? So I did these little drawings, and again, it was for me, and also my friends, letting them know how I was doing. Yeah, because they've been amazing. Um, and it was either just after or just before that that I'd started putting them on 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 Twitter anyway, because I suddenly thought, why aren't I putting these on Twitter? I've got a Twitter account, and I don't I don't use it. So yeah. I'd started putting them on there, and Instagram and stuff like that, and. Um, so they started going out there and then, you know, I noticed the numbers creeping. I had like 600 followers or something and then it went up to like 650. I thought, oh, that's quite cool. And then um, a couple of months into it or whatever it was, I've lost track of when the timing was now. Um, the, the the press association got, um, once someone who worked for that saw it and said, do you mind if we do a story on this? And I was like, hmm, okay. 
Yeah, fine. Sure. They said there'll be there'll be you know a payment or whatever. I said right. Well, if there is, can you make that out to the sepsis trust, please? And and you know I don't want any money. Just just yeah. pay them. You know, sort of thing. And um, they went okay. And they came back to me and said, uh, the, the Daily Mail want to run it. And I went, uh, no. <laughs> like, why would I want them to do it? Thank you very much. Because, you know, being a sort of middle class, lefty, yeah, snowflakey, yeah. whatever I am, I don't know what I am. Um, I, and, and they went, we understand that. Can we just stop you there? And they showed me their record on their campaigning for sepsis and stuff, which oh, yeah, there's yeah. this kind of weird double thing with them that, that yeah. politically that you want to go, what? And But then sometimes they get a bee in their bonnet about a thing and you go, actually, I can see what you're doing there. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know what? To hell with it. Let's it just go for it. will help the sepsis trust, yeah. Yeah. I said, okay, um, they need to make a donation and well, there was a little bit of backward and forwarding about how much that would be and eventually <laughs> it was the right amount. I thought, okay, now they're talking sense. So they made the donation to them. Also, you know, you're not just like somebody's, you're an illustrator, you work, you run private yeah. art, you know what the cost of those yeah, illustrations should exactly. be. So that's good. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, no, you, 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 Pay for this, them, you're not getting this for free, you yeah. guys. You know, you, you know. <laughs> Anyway, so, and there was this like huge three page thing turned up in the paper wow. and, um, uh, and online and all that. And, and suddenly it went nuts. nuts. And, um, yeah, from 600 followers, I've now got approaching 22,000, um, wow. which is crazy yeah. and, and, and sort of slightly does my head in from all over the world. And from, the, but the thing that's been incredible is I've had one troll. Yeah. Which was in the first couple of weeks and he got jumped on by a load of people and yeah. I just blocked and deleted. But everybody has just been in so lovely. And they are beautiful drawings. Well, no, thank you. Because I again, as we talked about um whenever we talk about you know, when I interviewed um Rebecca Payton who's done a show about grief, like, you know, mm. people start talking to you about grief stuff. Yeah. So I had a lot of people say to me, Oh, you <laughs> you've got to see this the doodle doodle man, the doodle man. And actually Kaylee Llewellyn, who is um a very good friend who's done the show and she was like oh yeah she's Welsh oh, she was texting me oh back I'm bawling my eyes out you've got to watch this you've got to watch this <laughs> and so I was like oh okay and again obviously I come I'm very like oh you know I don't want to cry what is it what you know slightly preparing yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I looked and I cried and I was like <laughs> oh my god these are so and I think there's something so honest about them and the amazing thing, and also I have such respect that I can't draw a straight line. I'm awful. <laughs> my mum's a really good artist and my yeah. uncle's an artist. So I get very, like, a bit, like, so impressed by people who can draw. Because um, <laughs> I can't do it. And this the simplicity of a drawing. You know, I can do an hour podcast about someone's feelings. But, like, in that one picture, Now We Are Three, is basically <laughs> what that whole, yeah. you know, whole show is about. And I, they were really beautiful and really simple. And I guess it's that simplicity thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's what, I mean, talking about art for a minute. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, that's what art is about, is what's the least number of marks you can yeah. use to make this picture work? Don't over, don't over wow. embellish. Just what, yeah, how quick can I do it? What's the least number of marks I can do to make the picture come over? Mm. Uh, that That's what, that's what makes drawing a drawing, I think. And, um, I've, I'm one of those annoying people who who finds it easy. Drawing's easy. Yeah, I don't have yeah, to think yeah. about it. Yeah. I've been doing it since I could hold a pencil. So yeah. it's not a prop. The drawing bit isn't the problem for me. It sometimes takes me longer to think what I'm going to draw than mm. than drawing it. You think what happened today, and you're processing it. And I've li- I have sometimes sat there for half an hour thinking what am I going to draw, and then suddenly something happens, and it co- or it comes to you, and you go, oh, of course. And then you do five minutes. But it's about distilling that thought and that yeah. moment and getting it out there. But it was. For, it was for me originally. I mean, I just yeah. did it for me. You know, it was to, it was to, it was just about to process my own feelings. Are there days when you don't want to do it? 
Because I have days when I don't want to do um, this. <laughs> there's definitely days when I'm like... Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, God. Like, There's actually... No, there's not a day when I don't want to do the drawing, I think, because it's just who I am. It comes naturally. Drawing yeah. is something I would be doing anyway. So in terms of doing the drawing... No, but, like, but I mean, there like are the some, pain. The yeah. pain... Well, no, because... Okay. In fact, the painful ones are kind of easier because as I'm drawing it, it's releasing a bit of that pain. Wow. That's the thing that's been... That's why I, stu- that's why I kept doing it originally because yeah. the act of drawing it out makes me confront it and release it, beat it, come to terms with that pain mm. or whatever. So in terms of that, there's... Th- th- the hardest thing sometimes is when you have one of those days when literally fuck all's happened <laughs> and you yeah, go, sure. nothing happened today. Yeah, what yeah. can I draw? Yeah, Literally nothing happened. And yeah. there was, before Joy died, there was like one doodle where it's just a picture of me looking straight at the viewer saying, so nothing happened today. <laughs> um, you know, and... and well, um, that's reality of grief, yeah, isn't it? Like some, it is. some days are so mundane and yeah. normal and you feel fine and you just do your shopping, you yeah. come home and then the next day there's this torrent of emotion you can't yeah, stand up and you exactly. think what happened to yesterday yeah why can't we share it out a bit <laughs> exactly but um but then i mean and also the flip side of that is some days you have some just really funny stuff happen yeah and you just go oh that was brilliant i've got i've got and i i keep I, you know when something funny happens i not note it down on my phone yeah. just in case i forget because sometimes you go oh that'll be my doodle tonight and you get to the evening and go oh what, what was that thing what that did happened? they say Bollocks, yeah. I can't so i literally just write everything down when it happens and in a way Shh, secrets um if you've had a day which has been nothing's happened i can look back at the bank and yeah, go yeah. okay that was a non-day specific thing that happened which is relevant yes. i can use that today yeah of course, of course and so i've got this little stock of ones yeah. that i can go back to things that have actually happened mm. it just may not have been that day yeah because uh, sure. there are some days that are boring let's of face course, it of course. um but and how do you think that's helped your grief then so you say it's like it's like the the valve and stuff but do you feel like maybe well, it's I, helping you walk through this year. I, totally. I mean, I, I think I'm really lucky. I'm blessed, if you like, by the mm. fact that I have this ability to draw. Yeah. It is a way for me to release, to channel, to get it out. And I think if I hadn't been able to draw, draw those things right then, and also then people respond, you know, we understand how you're feeling. You're doing so great. Keep it going. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, that happened to me. That's making me feel better to know I'm not alone. You yeah. see those sort of messages and you go, wow, OK, this is touching other people. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of not owe it to them. But I mean, the fact to let them know they're not alone because people have let me know I'm not alone. The fact that other people can now look at them and go, I'm not alone is, yeah. is amazing. So I'm lucky that I can do that. It's, it's like uh, people say to me sometimes, you know, uh, it's, it, we British, we're so rubbish at talking about grief. You know, we don't know how to. Talk. I said, well, then just fucking talk about it. Yeah. You know, there are no words. Yes, there are words. The words are, it sucks. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's a kind of way of doing that, but with drawings. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, definitely. And it's so interesting because, what I, as I said, I heard you talking on the radio about it and it really, you know, I really, I stopped in my kitchen. So I was like, that's how I feel. Like <laughs> what you were saying about you get this reaction from people you know i get the same as you know emails yeah. and tweets and instagram dms of oh i i didn't know anyone else felt like that i didn't know that was what grief yeah. was i thought i was having a breakdown and then i heard so and so say this and i re- and and as i say at the end of every episode like you're not alone yeah and for me the one of the biggest revelations i think it was julia samuels who said you know grief makes you feel isolated like chemically in your brain and i was like what like (laughs) what are you because that's how I felt so alone and anything that um 
punctures that isolation, which is why people say talk about it, talk about. But now we have social media and we have podcasts and we can, you know, you can reach out to someone in another country. And this is the positive side of it, isn't it? The positive side of social media. Yes, you don't feel as alone. I know I do these things and I get, you know, umpty billion messages from people back saying yeah, this is touching, this relates to us, blah, blah, blah. And you go, wow, there is this sort of, you know, community of people that are going through. And of course there are. It's bloody obvious yeah, there are. Because yeah, there's yeah. billions of us creatures crawling all over yeah. the planet. You know, five people a day are dying from sepsis in this country. Jeez. And you go, Jesus, you know, this thing's huge and happened to me. It's happened to four other people today. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, you, and you just think, and that's just sepsis. That's not counting all the other people that horrible things have happened to. Yeah. So you go... Of course, there's lots of other people going through this, but when you're going through it, it feels like just you. Yeah, yeah, because that's what grief does. It exactly. chemically makes it you feel chemically alone. Chemically isolates, as you say, which is incredible. I've not really thought of it in those terms. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. And to be able to find a way to punch through that and vent yeah. it, you know, I'm really lucky. I have this thing. Mm. Um, but also, I think it's interesting, is it? Because I say that, like, oh well, I just do podcasts, didn't think, but it's like, but you, lots of people have that thing. They don't. The fact I think that it's yeah. sometimes we don't credit ourselves enough. Like you yeah. are lucky you can draw, but you chose to sit down and do those drawings. Yeah, I guess. And that's the, I think that choice is a real primal survival act of yeah. like. And I, I think it was. Absolutely. I choose to say I'm here. Yeah. I'm not going to let this. And I think I'm, you're right. I think yeah. survival act is a very interesting yeah. phrase. I think that's kind of what it feels like to me. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too deep away about this, but you know, drawing is so much part of who I am that to be able to do it through that, yeah, it's a way of surviving it yeah. there was a, a a lass the other day who who I, on, on twitter who um she was 18 and her dad had, it had been a year since her dad died. she tweeted about getting through the year and she was proud of herself sort of thing and i just messaged her and answered her back saying well done you know i lost my wife i don't know you but um my daughter's going through this and, and looking at i'm so proud of how she's coping with this and i'm sure your dad be proud of you and she'd mentioned i was thinking of writing a book and i said to her do it do write it. it yeah write it for yourself if nobody else but yeah. then if you can get it you know if it can get published it's great but she wanted to write one you know from a kid's perspective for other kids i said do it yeah just do it and as she's said that she's going to do it now which is great but i mean anything you can do to express dance it out i yeah. don't know garden it out yeah. you know whatever find a thing that 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 you love that that and and yeah. use anything to help you i know actually julius saint julius samuels as i call her <laughs> like she was talking about that it's just trying to express it in any way possible mm. because some people like i i mean i am a talker have been all my life <laughs> no my, no surely. yeah my every school report i was saying this other day every school report was like she talks too much and i'm like well <laughs> haha because it turns out you can't make a career out of it. and <laughs> i had the same yeah. yeah yeah do something else apart from cartoons mm. Mm, well you yeah. know you can make it and that's thing like if you can draw or you can talk or like you said punch pillow done it's that's the thing I think we it's so hard to express what that emotion is because it's yeah. not it's not a named emotion that happens to you when someone dies. It isn't anger, sadness, happen. It's everything in one It's all the emotions. It's all of them, yeah, it's all at once. It's like hearing every single T V channel at the same time. Yeah. And any way you can do to like I think that's what creation is, isn't it? It's like you just grab one bit and then if you're speaking about it or putting that on the page, you're expressing the sadness today. That's what I'm... And yeah. somehow you're able to separate all the emotion in your head because otherwise it's so noisy, isn't it? Uh, it's just... Yeah. It's it so, and which is why you stay up late and watch telly. Yeah. Because you just want silence. You, and, you just need, And you also need to just stop all those voices in your head. Yeah. So, that, I mean, I literally, when I'm not doing another thing, mm. I'm thinking about her yeah. all the time, 24-7. If I wasn't doing other things, that's all I would be thinking about yeah. is everything that's happened... Everything happened before. The nice stuff as well, but yeah, your head yeah. is just full of it. Yeah. 
And, and, that, and definitely that's why you do see people going to slightly mindless state. Because I remember, yeah. like, I've told this story before, but, like, I started watching soap operas obsessively. <laughs> so I would, like, we already watched a few, but I'd watch yeah. Neighbours, Home Away, Emmerdale, Carnation Street, you know, EastEnders, then the next EastEnders, Carnation yeah. Street. My mum came in while I'd start watching Emmerdale, which we'd never watched. And she, that was a big turning point because she was like, are what are you doing? Yeah, she was like, are you watching Emmerdale? And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, I've just got into it. And uh, so this pub, and she was like, she just gave me a look of like, fucking hell. And I, I thought, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe it's this. But it is, you, I was trying to get away from the voices yeah. in my head, which were just screaming, what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? And it must be similar for you in a way. I mean, mine was quick, but at least, you know, we had two months, which I always think is quick, but to just go away and come back in your life yeah. literally get on the plane and I, and I missed it you know that was the thing oh, that I found quite yeah, it must you know. be awesome. in fact I've managed to miss all three of them I mean mum and dad and her wow. it was like with, with dad he, he had two years with dad he had lung cancer and stuff and we'd been there all day in the hospital and mum said I think I want to stay here tonight I went okay I'll go home and get your stuff and we were in the hospital in London we lived in Crawley so it was like I've got an hour's drive each way so I went to get her overnight things and when I came back he'd gone and it was like bollocks so I went to see him and he was lying there nice and peaceful and stuff and, and you got that moment of yeah. oh is that it you know oh that's alright then you know it, the nothing to be scared of thing that was the other big thing yeah. that, okay there's nothing to be scared of but so and then with mum she'd been in hospital having an operation this was like three years later I think and she'd had this operation she had a kidney out or something because she'd been struggling and then I'd sat with her all night one night and she was just you know sort of having it a bit rough and I'd sat with her all night too, and I was so tired. I come to them and I said, Mum, I've got to go home for just a couple of hours, have a little lie down. Y- your sister's going to be here in a minute sort of thing. I'm just going to go and have a little sleep then I'll come back and see you later on, and then I've got a load of work I need to do. She's like, yeah. So I went home and then the phone rang a bit later and my auntie going, your mum's died sort of thing. I was like, oh, for f-. So we, we t- I've talked about this so much because I was talking very recently on, on Robin Cliffen's episode that um, I think, and again, I ain't got no qualifications, but so many times the parents wait for the kid to leave the room <laughs> yeah and I think before when I was the child I was like well that's bullshit why'd you do that now I'm a parent I go yeah of course why mm. would you want your child to see that yeah so there's I've had this on this show repeatedly of a child being like you know and I was in the room the whole time and then I just left and, and you're like yeah they didn't want you to be in the room yeah they wanted to, to go and you not have to see that moment and yeah. you can now you're a parent you're like yeah yeah i can yeah. see that choice pop out for a bit love yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> but it's um, but yeah to not be but with yeah, joy must it be... Was, but the, the difference with it with both was with mum and dad with both of them the last thing i saw of them they were a bit suffering they were yeah. a bit, and so i went to see them and they were at peace of and I course, felt good. Yeah. with joy the very last time i saw her was on a facetime and although she was sitting there you know with the dog like that she was smiling she was laughing mm. the last thing we said to each other was I love you and then she died so I never saw her after after she died I chose not to mm, okay. because the last memory I had of her was a positive one yeah yeah and you know it's gone through my head a few times should I have shouldn't I have done and I think I was right yeah um, you can you only have to do be what's right, right in, the, in moment. the moment yeah and, and I was like no I I didn't I wanted that positive that positive memory yeah know? so yeah. I, so yeah I kept that and of course, you were away in a normal way that you would yeah. be away. There was nothing unusual was, about it. it was and to come back and have your life turned upside you know, down. Her, her mum and her sister were in the hospital. They'd gone there with her. So yeah. they were around. The last person she spoke to was her sister. Mm. You know, it was all positive. And, yeah, and yeah. she didn't know she was going to die. Wow. Which in a way I think is probably good because yeah. she, if she'd known, she'd have worried so much about the kids and mm. stuff like that. So I have to take some comfort from the fact that she knew nothing about it. You yeah. Know, 
but it was it was tough. Of yeah. course, of course, it's fucking it's just awful. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We can talk about creation and we can spin what we like, yeah. but the root of it all is this fucking shit thing. Yeah, and it was. And you it, know, yeah, you... and it is. It, it was, and it is. Yeah. and that's just. I think it's so it's so hard, but it's so important to not throw either of them away. Yes, to keep the creation, but keep the fucking sadness because. Yeah. They are intrinsically linked. And I'm, I'm at a point now, I can some, I'm be sitting watching the telly one evening and you suddenly feel, oh God, I'm having one of those funny little moments. And I can go, right, okay, switch it on. Mm. And I can sit there and then the tears can run down my face yeah. and I can go, oh, I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> Dry the eyes and go back to watching whatever it was I was watching, you know, yeah. and just go, okay, we're fine again now. But you, you, I think if you can f- make your peace with your emotions and then say, I think I need a little cry. Yeah. Switch it on, have a little cry, and then go, right, okay, now I'm back to functioning. You know, I've I've found that um useful. You know, yeah, the fact that I can God. that I'm now in control of it. It's not in control of me. Mm. You know, I can go, yes, I, I can I am feeling sad. I can choose this moment. I need to. You have to let this let all of it out. Yeah. The ugly stuff as well yeah. as the because it's really not I think it's nice when you're having <clears> a day when you're like, yeah, you know. I'm in charge. Things. I can cope. Look at me go. Look at know, me being pe- so grown yeah, up. People die, don't they? And you're <laughs> yeah. like, I'm very zen about it today. And then the next day, you like snot down your face, and you just like yeah. can't stop making that honking noise, which isn't oh, isn't crying. God, the uncontrollable <laughs> cry when you're literally making that noise. I used to make me laugh. So, yeah. I'd hear that noise and think, who's that? Well, afterwards, you, you've done yeah. it, and then you look back at what you just done and go, oh my, oh my god, god, that was so weird. <laughs> you lit. I mean, that that one. There's that one where you you make that kind of weird yeah, that yeah. one noise yeah. that, that long noise where it's not even crying anymore it's just yeah, a sort of weird like, wail like a proper moan like yeah. you'd think uh, like a harpy is it's like something out of some bloody horror movie there's yeah. this weird if you hear that what is that no, yeah. you know and you, it's just these weird sounds that come out of you because you're not in control of them yeah. um, but were you at the birth of your children did you oh hear? god yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah so it wasn't until I had a child <laughs> and I was making these sounds and I was like Oh yeah, like we said, life and death. These yeah. these moments, they're so primal, so primal, and the pain. And I remember oh. making a sound. And Ben was like, "I'd never heard a human make that sound before." <laughs> but it was the sound of a woman being like, "Baby is coming." Yeah. Like, and that yeah. sound she when was you like that on the, with number one, you know, yeah. with Lily, she made a few a few of those noises. <laughs> with Ben, it was extraordinary. She, I mean, neither child did she have anything. But with with Lily, she had gas and air, and that was it. Wow. With Ben, she had nothing. Wow. She just did self hypnosis. She wow. did that thing of just going. And I remember the the, the midwife saying to her at the second one have you done the hypnosis she's like mm-hmm. and he's like yeah really. and, and he was a water birth as well so that wow. was quite cool so but it was one of those things i remember as as a father as a husband as a uh, sitting there going fucking hell yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a warrior <laughs> yeah this is the coolest thing i've yeah. ever seen in my life you and know and the, it was it was it was amazing and amazing. the flip side of that that moan we're talking about is that pain comes because you loved her oh yeah that's what that po- that pain is like ah i loved her like yeah. and i what why why aren't you still here yeah. why have you been taken away and when um, you use the phrase like heartbroken like we mean heartbroken don't you i don't like, think you can even put it into words until yeah. it happens and i mean and the very the different feeling with mum and dad and with yeah, joy because yeah. and i can imagine with a child it must be just awful but yeah. I mean, when mum and dad died i was young i was 28 when dad died and i was 30 when mum died so I was yeah I thought I was young I was youngish but <laughs> you're, you're in the right you know, places yeah but but it was kind of it was still supposed to be them yeah you know, it's although the right they order. were young they weren't they had neither reached 70 but yeah. it was kind of like okay this is shit but it is the right order I was upset I cried 
I got over it. Yeah. And it was fine. And you have those moments of missing whatever. But it was still, it, it, was, it was sort of a, at, the, at the early end of being the right time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of, okay. And then when someone who you've chosen to be with, yeah. it hasn't biology that's thrown you at them. And I mean, I love my parents. I love my parents deeply. But there's a different love you have for someone you've chosen. And who was rather annoyingly an absolute soulmate. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're one of those sickening couples that just, you know, it just worked. You've chosen that person, and that goes, God. Mm. It, li- I mean, it's corny. It's literally like a part of you has been ripped out and taken yeah. away, and that was the thing, and that's where those primal noises come from. And it, it, it was, you know, yeah, it's a pile of steaming horseshit, isn't it? But it. But, I think that hole is. That's. I mean, that I'm, I can identify with that definitely. Like feeling like I felt like my stomach was missing or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, there's a hole here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Where's yeah. That, like... And and I, there was somebody uh, I saw one of these things. It was either online or a friend. I can't remember what it was. Who talked about it? It's, it's not like that goes away or gets filled in. No, everything else grows, grows around. around it, yeah. it. You've seen the same. Uh, there's yeah. a thing that diagram, if you like, of what yes. it does. And it's true. It becomes you, you absorb it. It becomes a part of who you are. And and the grief now has become this this little chap that sits on my shoulder, and every now and then says, "Hey, hey, remember me? Can I have a bit of attention?" Yeah, yeah. And you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> um, right." <laughs> Howl for a bit, yeah. and you go. Can you get back in your box now, so I can get on with my day? Yeah. And and you can, but it's you know it's this constant thing. But you you grow accustomed, yeah, to that definitely. feeling. Well, she sounds like an amazing, amazing lady. I was very lucky. Yeah, I was very, very lucky man. I mean, I, I you know. We had 19 years. I mean, God, so many people don't get 19 years. Know. You know, I'd have liked another 19. I'm quite <laughs> greedy, but I didn't get them. But to have had that. Yeah, I'm the luckiest man in the world, you know, and exactly. and I've got those memories, and nobody can take those away from me. No. And and yeah, she was extraordinary. So. Oh, I think your kids are really lucky; they've got you. Oh, bless you! Well, I, I, hope, I hope they think that they won't. They won't <laughs> think it when they're teenagers, but they won't. maybe they'll come back round to it when they're yeah, older. Hundred percent, I guarantee you won't. But trust me, hit twenty-one, you'll get some thank yous. Oh, bless right. them! Thank yeah. you for talking to me about your wife. Joy. Thank you for having me. You can follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Scribbler, where you can see all of his heartbreakingly beautiful drawings. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast, or you can email us, thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble, and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.